Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Pure Hoops podcast is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. The Pure Hoops podcast most definitely does reflect the views of our management. Here's three-time NBA champ BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman. NBA trade deadline 2021, Eric Newman, BJ Armstrong. Let's get right to it, my man. Uh, a lot of action today. We're summing it all up. Let's start with the big fella, Nikola Vucevic, going in a package to the Chicago Bulls, along with Alfarik Aminu. Orlando, in return, receives Wendell Carter, Otto Porter, Otto Porter Jr., and 2021 and 2023 first-round picks, which are both top four protected. Uh, BJ, first off, Chicago Bulls pairing Vucevic and Zach Levine, along with that other young talent they have there. What do you think of the deal from the Bulls' side? You know, when you look at the headlines of it, uh, I really like it. I like Vucevic. He's an all-star. Zach Levine, he's an all-star. So we have big names in a trade, and we have players offensively we both know are very capable offensive players. Now, when you look at this and you dissect it and you look at it and you examine this deal in detail, you have to believe that this trade is part of a bigger deal or a bigger vision for the Chicago Bulls and their organization. I think this is a good start. I think this gives them the lethal combination, in particular, when you're talking about running screen roll, when you're talking about having a low post threat, when you're talking about having a player who can stretch the floor. I think Vujicic fits. He's a dynamic fit with Billy Donovan and his offensive schemes and what he's doing. So I believe that this is part of a bigger deal. I expect Laurie Marketing. I expect Kobe White. I expect all of the other players on the roster to be in play as they continue to build out this roster in the shape of how they want this team to look. So it's a good start. I thought it was a great trade. I thought it was a player that clearly now that they don't, I think Vujicic puts them in a place where they have a player where now they don't have to worry about free agency. Because this takes them out, out of free agency. They are out of free agency. And he's takes got them out two years left on his contract and after I, this one. So it, it allows them to focus in and gives them stability knowing that they can at least score the basketball and you build around that. So, you know, good move. Now, but let's see what happens afterwards because I think the deal will actually make sense when you get on the court, when you can see the entire vision of what the Bulls and the organization is trying to do. Any defensive concerns with Vucevic and Markkanen? Exactly. That's why you have to look at from a holistic point of view. Laurie Markkanen and Vucevic, that's not um, defensively. 
I don't know who they are uh, going to intimidate <laughs> with their defensive <laughs> proudness, we should say. And, you know, you know, no knock against them and what they how they play. But defensively, you know, you're going to need shot blockers or you need rim protectors. That's not what they do. So I think it's kind of a, a duplication in some regards. And I think Laurie Markkinen will probably be the player next that will be on the move. The Bulls could have $20 million in cap space this summer, depending on what goes on. So we'll keep an eye on that. From the Orlando perspective, BJ, um, do you think they waited too long to, to sell on the big fella? Do you, do, you, do you think it hurt them in terms of what their return ended up being? I mean, these rumors have been going around with him for, for two seasons now that they were just going to move on from him because they didn't think they could build a winner around him, even as well as he's played. Well, I think when Jeff Weltman you know, accepted the job down there in Orlando, you know, they had two really good players, really three really good players. You had Vujicic, you had Fournier, and then you had, um, just got traded, Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon there. So they had three really good players that he just, you know, that were on the roster when he got there. And to properly evaluate, the direction that you need to go in. Either you're going to do a total rebuild or you're going to try to build around the current roster. You got to kind of see how it plays itself out. I think this year when Markel Fultz got hurt, that to me is what started this entire process. Now, I can't think of the the young man from Florida State got hurt. Jonathan Uh, Isaac, who is a very promising player. Who got hurt last year in the bubble. Kind of woke everyone up because he is a type of talent or type of player in today's game that can really give you an advantage because of the size length and the and you can saw you could you could see how he was developing as a player once markel fultz got hurt then i think this is what happened this was inevitable and you know those are three really good players that they had there clearly they're rotational players Vujicic became an all-star. Aaron Gordon, I think, for him, and now the Denver Nuggets, his best basketball is ahead of him. And so, you know, it it is what it is. So I think now the Orlando Magic are clearly in a rebuild situation. They're going to rebuild it from the ground up, starting with the draft, all of the things they've acquired, young players, and then see what you have in two or three years. So, um but I think, again, the Markel Fultz situation, I think, to me, that's what set everything in motion. Let's stay with um, these Orlando names. Uh, Aaron Gordon to the Nuggets. His name, obviously, rumored with Denver, rumored with the Celtics. Um, Denver receives Gordon and Gary Clark. No relation to the guitarist or the former Washington wide receiver, who I was a big fan of. I know you were, too. Three amigos. Um, actually, no, the Three Amigos was Denver. The Fun Bunch was the Redskins receivers, uh, the Washington football team, excuse me. Um, Orlando receives Gary Harris, R.J. Hampton, who I'm very excited about, and a first-round yes. pick. So um, we have plenty of time to delve into what the Orlando rebuild plan is. How does Aaron Gordon help Denver, and how wow. does he mesh with Nikola Jokic and, of course, Michael Porter Jr., who's been uh, playing very well with the big fella in recent weeks. Out of all of the trades that happened today, and there were plenty, 
and you know we're going to touch them all. I'm most excited about this Denver Nuggets trade. Why? They lost, the Denver Nuggets lost two very important players a year ago to a team that made it to the Western Conference Finals. They lost Jeremy Grant and they lost Mason Plumlee. Those two players, those two players were pivotal to their success a year ago. Plumley with his athletic ability as a four, five rim runner, block a little shots, do a little bit of this, do a little bit of that. And then Jeremy Grant, who last year we said was evolving into one of the top defensive players. And then a year later, he's averaging over 25 points a game and looks like he's a, you know, he, Arguably, he's playing at an all-star level, okay? If he does this again next year with a few more wins, he'll be in the all-star game. I think the Denver Nuggets said the following. We have to replace those two players. And they did it, to me, beautifully. They, JaVale McGee, who gives them superior rim protection with his length and size and what he's able to do. He plays vertical basketball because they have excellent passers with Jokic, Jamal Murray and company, and he can play that game run up and down the court. So I think you check. Then you say Aaron Gordon and Jeremy Grant. This is terrific for them. Now, I think this puts them right where they want to be. I'm excited for this team. I'm excited for the their youth, their age. So, so real quick, you're saying Gordon replaces a lot of what Grant was giving to them. He, it's, 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 a, it's a duplication, okay? And at the very least, at the very least, it's the same. And some may argue he could be just as good or maybe better. Some people may say, you know, give or take. I mean, Jeremy Grant, up until this year, we didn't know he could score like this. No, we didn't. We didn't. So we didn't see the. We didn't see the is, toolbox. I think this is a terrific pickup for them, and what it says in the Western Conference is that they are all in on we can win the Western Conference right now. Right now, they're not doing it for next year. They're not doing it for three years. We're all in right now. So we have a player that we feel we can match up. We're not saying we can stop them, but we can match up with Kawhi Leonard. We can match up with. Paul George. We can match up with LeBron James. We can match up. We can match up with these athletes. We have length. If we, if we see Rudy Gobert, if we see Anthony Davis, if we see Joel Embiid or whoever else we're going to play, we, we can rim protect. And the, the key to all of this is that all of those players, JaVale McGee, Aaron Gordon, and Jokic can play together because of Jokic's ability to pass the ball. I think this is going to be critical for them because Jokic, if there's one part of his game, when you get to playoff basketball, you have to have your back line. They have to be able to defend. And if you're not a lockdown defender as a five, you have to, at the very least, have rim protection. Now I can play Jokic because Jokic can guard the perimeter players if there's a stretch four. And this allows JaVale McGee to protect the basket. I think this is going to be a tremendous, tremendous help for them as they go down in the playoffs. And 
I think is going to allow them to play with size, which Jokic is big, but Jokic is not. He he can't play above the rim. So um, size, length, verticality. You talk about it all the time. And this reminds me. And I'll say this last thing. This reminds me of how the Dallas Mavericks won their championship with with Tyson Chandler, with with Tyson Chandler and Dirk Nowinski, because now this allows Jokic to play the four and I can rim protect. That's the key. I can rim protect in the last four minutes of a basketball game. I can rim protect. Okay, so now I can switch. If Jokic is switched on a point guard, Jokic, just don't let him shoot a three. Force him to drive, and we will defend the basket now. So to me, this is a critical move for them as they now can defend and get a stop. I think this allows them and Coach Malone and staff to say, we know that we can get a stop in the last four minutes of a game if a team has an excellent guard like the Brooklyn Nets like the Portland Trailblazers, like the Golden State Warriors, like like the Den, uh, the Utah Jazz, because they all have guards who can penetrate. So I really like this move. I'm really excited for them. One other thing that I, I really like here for Denver, I'm a I'm a big uh, I'm a big Will Barton fan, and yes. uh, as much as Gary Harris was a was a, a a good teammate there, he hadn't been the same player due to injuries the last year and a half. And this really clarifies the role of uh, Will Barton on the team. So I I think this helps them. And, you know, you said, you know, obviously they're going for it now. Aaron Gordon has another year left on the deal after, after this season. So the Nuggets are in this, this moment in time now where they're going for it, but you also know, okay, you've got Aaron Gordon for more than a rental and he could be a big part of the future, depending on what they want to do with this roster and what kind of playoff run they make. So um, let's hit the other Orlando player uh, of significance who was moved today, um, Evan the Fournier. The C's, the C's. We're talking <laughs> about Evan the C's. For- <laughs> Evan Fournier will hopefully breathe some much-needed um, <laughs> shooting into the Celtics. Um I, I can't tell you how many text messages per day I'm getting about this team right now, and uh, we'll talk about that later. But uh, Fournier to the Celts for uh, a couple of second-round picks and then a move that you know we were talking about pre-show that I think is tied to luxury tax and potentially to the buyout market. Daniel Tice goes to Chicago for uh, Mo Wagner, who found his way to Chicago earlier from Washington. And Jeff Teague is also out in Boston, and he goes to Orlando where, where he will be waived. So the Celtics now are under the tax line. Um, they've opened up a, a roster spot, and they still have the large exception uh, from the Gordon Hayward deal um, this previous offseason. So let's start with Fournier as a fit with the Celtics. Um, what does he bring to the team, and how does he help them uh get out of this funk well the buzzword now eric is shooting and without question eric fournier can do that he will be able to shoot he will be able to provide spacing and all of those things that we like to talk about those nice buzzwords pace and space and shooting and all those things however however someone's got to get a stop this team has struggled all year to find their identity 
in particular on the defensive end. 22nd in defense going into Wednesday's game against Milwaukee. They let up 100 points in three quarters Wednesday okay. night. So I have to believe that the, the Tice move to me looks a little odd and out of place. Looks out of place to me. So I'm going to say that there has to be another move that's going to happen. Agree. Okay? And there are two and there are two names, right? I, I, I don't know what Lamarcus Aldridge has done. Maybe he has done it as we're taping the show now. What he's gonna do and Andre Drummond, what he's gonna do. So the Tice move just looked out of place to me. Like you don't just get rid of Tice now at this part of the season with, you know, the the the, the reasoning that, you know, Danny Ainge and company gave. That does it just looks out of place to me. I don't know anything. I haven't spoken to anyone up there in Boston. But something is up. Danny has to be up to something. He better be. So that's what I see. But I like Fournier. He's a good player. Um, As he said earlier, he had some humor. He said, don't look up Fournier or Google Fournier to find out if you don't know who he is or something like that. He actually actually said you should Google his name. You should Google his last name. But I think he meant to say you shouldn't Google his last name. he's, he's 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 a really good player. Now. What is it going to do for them at this stage? I'm not really sure because you're going to have to address the center situation here, which has been a problem for them all year. You're going to have to address how they're going to defend, and those it's are problems that are much yeah. yeah. Those are those are much bigger problems than just finding another person to plug in to shoot the basketball. More minutes for Robert Williams. Um, I thought Tristan Thompson was going to be the guy on the move, but obviously he has not played um, very consistently this season, and I don't know what the market was for him. We were we were hearing uh, Toronto as an option, but uh, that obviously didn't happen with the potential of getting Aaron Baines back in Boston, which I think would have helped them defensively big time. Um, Celtics, we, we talked recently about Kemba, we talked about Marcus Smart, who's really struggling uh, since being back in the lineup in terms of shooting the ball. He's always been streaky. Um, you like Fournier as a potential uh, backup ball handler, playmaker as well, or strictly that no, guy I, that's going to space I, the heck out of the court? I, I, I don't like him as a ball handler because you need guards today that, that play that lead position who can play downhill. That's not what Evan Fournier does. Evan Fournier is not a ball handler. He's not an initiator. He's not a creator. He is a scorer. That's what he does. He's a scorer first and foremost. He's a really good scorer. He can shoot open shots. Um, he's shown the ability to play all, play out of screen role and do some things. Um, you know, he can come off screens. But I don't like him as a backup ball handler. I don't like that. And... So, and again, look, the predominant minutes, the dominant minutes are going to go to, to Jalen Brown. So once you get to the playoffs, you know, you take those 35 minutes. Now those become 40 minutes. Now you're talking about eight minutes left. So again, everyone is excited about all of this shooting. Shooting where? Like where? You have Jalen Brown. You got Jason Tatum. You got Marcus Smart. Okay, it's only so minutes to pass around here. So, but yeah. I do like him as a player. But I, I think they have bigger issues that they have to address. So let's see what Danny does. 
and you know maybe an hour or two from from now we'll we'll know exactly what it is but uh, i i like i like them i just don't see how this improves the team in the short term i concur they need to uh they need to have a forget team meetings they they they, they need to really have a, a moment of truth whether they want to compete or not because there's just there's too many nights where I, I don't know what I'm watching out there these are not uh Celtics oh we know what we, you Boston fans know what you're watching you have enough championships to know high caliber watching, basketball I'll, I'll, yeah this is not it this is bad okay. this is well, this is not well, indicative of Celtic basketball you know if you'd quickly like to comment go right ahead well I I I, I do want to comment because I, I think it's it's so unfair when I hear it's bad, like this is a well, I just I just listen to the team. It's really oh, well, hard no, to win. I, I agree. I agree. All I ask for is compete every night. Okay, that's it. That's it. Okay, They're those not guys every are night. competing. They're, those guys are competing, but the other teams are improving. And believe it or not, Eric, the other teams have just as good as players or better players than you have. Believe it or not, like oh, I believe it. Okay. Which is why, which is why they have to compete that much more. So they've got to be scrappy. They've got to be mean. They've got to be gritty. They don't get that way until they're down eighteen points. That's my issue. That's my issue. Maybe, maybe I'm maybe because of the film I, I'm making, I, I, I I'm, think, I'm stuck. I'm stuck back at... in two. Th- I'm stuck back in 2008. I'm, yeah, I'm stuck back I, I, there. I think you are. I think you're stuck yeah. back there because in order to be good, scrappy and all of those things, okay, arguably your best player right now is Jason Tatum. Agreed or not? Yeah. Okay. What part of his grain is scrappy and gritty and all of that? What part of his game is that? Fair. Okay, what part of his game? Doc Rivers, I played against Doc Rivers. I, his teams are the same they, they or play the him. same the way that he played the game. What part of Brad Stevens is scrappy and all of that? So what are we really saying here? Because right now we have an emerging player, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, who are figuring out who they're going to be in this league. They're, 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 hopefully, those aren't finished products. They're continuing to evolve. And to Agreed. suddenly now, last year you had one all-star. Now you have two all-stars. And they're at, they are at the beginning stages of their career. They're at, the, they're at the very start of their career as far as who they're going to be. I think the Celtics are saying they want the finished product, but they don't want to go through the process. Like you have two all-stars and it's like, oh, what is what are we doing here? You got two young players who are all-stars. And then and you're and you're talking about winning. Where does that happen? Like, where does that happen? Two guys who only went to school for one year. Where does that happen? Raise your hand when you've seen that happen. Like how? What what are you talk what are you talking about right now? Like you have two young players who've developed, evolved, improved, 
lot more. At lot, one point, lot, both of them yeah, were coming off the bench. But both of yeah. them were coming off the bench. I, I, I didn't, I didn't hear you guys saying that these were two all stars. We didn't even know if Jalen Brown was worth. Remember when they were giving Jalen Brown the money and they were doing like this? People were like, "Is yeah. he worth Jaylen, it? Is he not Jaylen worth was it?" Jalen was was the, was a, a little bit of the question for okay, some. Okay, so Tatum, I want to defend Tatum these never. guys because both of those young players have done mm-hmm. an amazing job of getting on their journey, working their tails off, and becoming the players that we all thought when Danny Ainge wrapped, they could be. Could, would, should. How many times have we heard that? He could be this. He could be that. Well, they are that. Bravo for the Celtics, the staff. Give everybody credit because those young players are all-stars now. And they look, the way they look right now, they're going to be perennial all-stars for many years to come. Check and check. Agree and agree. Okay, now it's part of the process. We have to say, wow, we can actually build around these two, these two players for the next, hopefully, five to ten years. I don't get. I'm I'm pa- I'm I'm patient. Well, my only pro- my patient, only problem. No 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 no. Listen, the Celtic fan base is insane. Okay, no, well, the Celtic no, media it, it, it is can, insane. It can be it could be insane, but we can also inject a little reason and logic here because those young well, players, those yeah. young players, you know, those young players, now are in a position where I can comfortably say today. I'm ready to start building around those two and see what we have here and be realistic about it. Now, if this was three or four years from today and we were in this situation, I can understand where you're coming from. But today, Jalen Brown is a, this is his first all-star game. What do we expect? What do we expect here? Come on. I mean, come all, on. All I expect is... To compete with fire every night. That's it. And, 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 and That's right it. now, right now, the way this team was put together, okay, the way this team was put together, y- y'all can't look at me and tell me that y'all looking at this team and going, that's the team that's going to that's gonna win it all. Y'all no. can't look at me and say that. Now, y'all might say that as fans. That That's a fan talking. Sure. No, let's and look at I, this. And when, I, and when I said a few weeks ago that I expect this team to make a run at the conference finals, that was a fan talking. Yeah, but but if all you I look asked, at the team, but if you yep. look at this team, your best defensive player just got back, Eric. Yep. From a calf injury, and they were like, "Oh, he's not shooting well." He had a lower extremity. His lower part, his 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 legs were injured. That affects his conditioning. <laughs> Type. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think. I don't. I don't think. I don't think half the basketball media realizes you need your legs to well, shoot. That's, 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 that's a different conversation. Newman to explain well, this because well, as you, you a need, guard, you need to, you need to amplify my voice, my yeah, friend. Yeah, I need Eric. Get on to the blowhorn. Get on the blowhorn. It starts. It say, starts at your heels on the floor. It starts yeah, with your I, heels on the floor. I need Eric to say, we have to give Marcus Smart some time to get his conditioning back. Get his legs back under room. Yeah. Hard Figure to work under your conditioning hey, hey, when hey, you have a calf hey, injury. Yeah. Hey, hey. It's, it's hard to condition that. And then it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, he's not shooting with. He's in a slump. What did we really expect? Yeah. I, mean, expect? I mean, come on. I mean, then they give the numbers as if the numbers like, oh, he, 
He was a 43% shooter. Well, come on. Like, come on now. Like, he was like, never a on. good shooter in the first place. He's a yeah, streaky yeah, shooter. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. If we can have humor with it, I can let it go. But we're, if we're, we're saying, we're saying really we're, that this team yeah, should compete for a championship, no. like, honestly, I, I think Danny knows this, right? I mean, come on. Like, I know Danny, Danny and I know Danny's a very there. Danny's a very smart guy. Yeah, D- Danny knows what he's doing. Danny understands that, you know what? He's got two all. Think about it. You have two all stars, two, the same as the Milwaukee Bucks, the same as the Philadelphia 76ers. the same Brooklyn's as got, the, Brooklyn's got three. Brooklyn has three, but you have the same amount as the LA Lakers. You're in pretty good shape, people. Now let's put it together, like everyone else, and figure it out. Yep. Enough said. Beautiful okay. way to end that segment. Thank you. Let's uh, look at the team that beat the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. We head to Miami, and you talk about a move. They got Victor Oladipo for, I mean, if I was making a list of nostalgic Celtics, Avery Bradley and Kelly Olynyk would be on that list somewhere, but that's who they got um, Oladipo for and. Additionally, a 2020 first round pick swap. Now, Oladipo is an unrestricted free agent this offseason, but uh, clearly Miami thinks, as they should, they've got a great chance to sign him for the long run, which is flat out frightening. So, before we talk about the Houston side of this, what does Victor Oladipo bring to the Miami Heat right now as they feel they're positioning themselves for a deep run in the Eastern Conference playoffs again this year? You know, again, Eric, I always look at when I see a trade, I always look at it from from three angles. One, I look at the media and the clippings. Check. Oladipo is a big name, former all-star, a really good basketball player, so forth and so on. Then I look at I said, what does he do on the court? And then the final one is I said, what does he do in the locker room? Oladipo has been interesting to me is because the Oladipo prior to the injury, I I was really excited about. I don't think Victor is healthy. That's just my personal opinion. He hasn't looked healthy to me now in over a year since his return back from the, I think it was a quad injury or something with his knee or whatever it was going on there. Mm -hmm. He hasn't looked the same. Athletically. Yeah, and, let, and let's and let's just be let's just be very clear. That was a serious injury. Yes, he he, he hasn't looked the same. He hasn't, you know, he was a very like athletic player because of his size. He's an undersized two, and as a guard, as an undersized guard, when you lose a step or half a step, that's significant. As an undersized player, he hasn't looked healthy to me in over a year. Now. Maybe that changes. Maybe it comes back. Hopefully it does. So I don't know what to expect here because I'm not expecting suddenly for him to go down to Miami and suddenly Pat Riley and the medical staff there to, to wave a magic wand and he suddenly returns back to the Victor Oladipo that made the All-Star game just like a couple or two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. I like the name. I like what it could be. I like the fact of playing alongside Jimmy Butler, 
But this isn't that same Victor Oladipo. So I'm looking at it as a player here where Pat Riley is saying, look, if it comes down, it works, great. If he gets back healthy and, 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 and he regains and our medical staff feels that he will regain that with the proper treatment, maybe they got found money. But right now, Eric, I'm not as high on this trade as most because if a player isn't healthy, that's not the same player. If Victor was 100% healthy or somewhere near that 100%, north of 90, (laughs) then he doesn't look to me that same player. He's not playing with the same pop. He's not as explosive as I've seen him in the past. And I think he's still trying to find the trust that he once had in his body. And maybe he will find that down in Miami. And maybe he will settle in. And maybe a year or two from now, we'll say, you know what? But I think it remains, this trade remains in question with me. I have some concerns about it. Because, you know, he... He was a very explosive player, and it just doesn't look the same to me or I've come to expect with Victor yeah. Oladipo yeah, I've watched him over the last year or so. Two ways to look at it, right? It's the right here and now with exactly what you were just saying, but for what they gave up, this is worth the risk to try to re-sign him for the long run and hope he gets healthy. I, I think this was definitely worth it from well, Miami. Well, let's just hope. Let's side. just hope this. You know, he's been traded now a couple times, right? He turned down whatever yeah, it was reported. He turned down money from, in Indiana. Uh, he's been traded from Oklahoma to Orlando. From Orlando. To no, he went from Orlando. He went from Orlando, Orlando to, to Orlando to Oklahoma. Oklahoma to Indiana. Indiana to Houston. Okay. Houston to Miami. Wow, so, that's a lot of miles. So when he it was reported that he was offered a deal in Indiana that he turned down. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's was hope. that off BJ was that offer pre-injury or is that offer when he was rehabbing? I can't remember. That was that offer was when he was rehabbing after cuz mm-hmm. he had made the All-Star team if I, I remember he made the All-Star team in in Indiana. 18. Yeah, yeah in, in Indiana. 2018. Yep. So by the way, thinking about that trade, Indiana, that was a good trade for Indiana. They got an all-star the George and Oladipo. Deal and yes, Sabonis. And Sabonis. So that was a really Sabonis, good trade. Yep. Nice work by you know Pritchard and, and staff down there. Yep. So then he comes back, and it was reported they offered him a deal, and then they soon traded him because it was reported that he wasn't going to accept a deal. Now, the thing that I'm concerned about is I would love to talk to the medical staff to see what their medical people are saying about him. Because to me, what I, what I think I see as an executive is that a player who the medical staff don't think will get back healthy and get back to where he once was. Because why would Indiana not move on the negotiation? He became an all-star. I mean, okay, just think, about, just think about this. Then he goes to Houston. Houston is in no position to not sign a player that they have every reason to believe that's going to be healthy in a year or two, if that is the case, and overpay for that player, especially when they just lost James Harden. Yeah. I mean, that, that, see, Bur- these are my concerns. 
these are my concerns because now I would love to talk to the medical staff because when you are trading for a player or drafting a player, you have to listen to your medical staff because the best ability is the availability of that player to go out there and play. And right now, he looks like a player where medically people are saying he may not get back to where he's at. That's what it looks like to me. I don't know this. I haven't spoken to anyone. So again, I'm just observing. I want to make that clear. And when I look at this trade, I'm going, hopefully for Victor's sake, that he will get back there. But I have to ask what is going on because you had a young player in 18 that was an all-star. Houston, you know, if this, if, I mean, Victor should be a 20-point score at the very least. Yep. That's, there are a lot of players, you know, with 20 points a game, especially Houston right now. Like, why wouldn't you lock that in? So I got to ask, what is the other issues or things that I'm not aware of that I would love to know? And I think only the medical staff or people who have a chance to examine him would know that. So two more things here. One, to throw another compliment at the Pacers. They turned Oladipo into Levert, which is just outstanding maneuvering for them. And, um, you know, we've got all this noise out here that Houston virtually gave Oladipo away um, with the return that they had and talking about what was going on with the potential landing spots for Harden and those packages and Lavert potentially ending up in Houston and Jared Allen potentially ending up in Houston. Can you, can you clear up some of this Houston noise and chatter that's out there? Yeah. And, you know, what, clarify right now, some things right now, you know, Houston since, you know, when players leave, especially a, a, a player, they, they lose an all-star player to, to circumstances. Doesn't make it right, wrong, and different. This is the NBA. And right now, you know, the Houston Rockets, you know, I can say this because I, I, I've seen this so many times now. When you, get, when you lose a player like a James Harden, you know, you, your initial thought is like, how do you recover? Right? You know, like, so... Well, we can patch it up. We can get, you know, John Wall and, and John Wall will come in and replace Russell Westbrook and we can patch this up. And then if that works, everyone will be happy. Well, then that doesn't work. Then we'll get player X and we'll bring this in. And okay, when you lose a player like James Harden, what you've come to realize in this league and, and every organization goes through it. When you lose a franchise caliber player, a top five player, the best thing you can do is just break the thing down and move forward. Okay? Because you don't get that player often. It's not like James Harden and these type of players are just coming around every year in the draft. Right? When you lose a LeBron James, when you lose a James Harden, when you lose those type of players... Just tear it down, start over, and keep the train moving. But it's hard because your ego wants to compete. Your ego wants to justify it however you want to justify it. 
you don't just take 30 points out of your lineup and everything's going to be okay. <laughs> nope. Just don't do that. Okay. I don't care who you are, what, what team you're on. No. I mean, you know, look at, look at, look at 17 points and versatility of Gordon Hayward out of the Celtics you, lineup. You just don't, what's do going on. you don't lose Not, Mike D'Antoni, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul, and then everything's just going to be all right. So PJ Tucker, Clint Capella, Capella look, yeah, look how just, many guys have, have, have left. So there. It's the, crazy. The, the, the best thing to do is to confront your ego and say, you know what? We had a oh, good I like run. That. Say that again. Say that again. The best thing to do is to confront your ego and say, it's time to move forward and move on. So I, I the Houston Rockets, that's a great city. They've had a lot of success down there. They've had some amazing players. That that, that organization is 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 rich in tradition and you know, and you know, I remember playing against those Rudy T teams and you never underestimate the heart of of a champion and never. great basketball down there, great city. So, and I like Coach Silas. I'm, I'm a huge Coach Silas fan. He's waited a long time to get this, get this, you know, opportunity. And this has been a very difficult transition. And I just want to say that it's been a very difficult transition. And I just think if you can confront yourself and say, you know what? It's not going to be easy, but let's get to the draft. Let's get to the place. Let's do it the right way. And over time, you'll be back because they have a lot of positive things going. It's hard right now because everyone's trying to hold on to the past. No one, you don't, you know, James Hart was fun. He was in the MVP race for the last five or six years. The guy gets 60 point game, triple doubles. I mean, step backs. I mean, it's a lot yeah, of fun things. They were, right? in the, hey, they were in the conference finals. They were right conference there. finals. And all of a sudden it, with one move, all of that's gone. And I think this will give them an opportunity because I've seen this so many times. Just move on. And I'm not saying it's easy to do, but the sooner you can get to that space before you know it, you'll be back. Because you'll, all, it, it, you'll be back. It, 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 that's just how it is. That's how it is in the NBA. It's just, it's just, it's just how it works. And there's one thing, and I've actually been saying this to people um, in the spirit of, your statement that you always say about how hard it is to win in this league, right? And when people are ripping on, you know, Danny Ainge or the Celtics or another team, I'm like, can you name how many different franchises have won a title in the last 40 years? So the beginning of the Bird Magic era to today, how many different franchises have won a title? So just give me, without us going through it, just give me a rough guess that jumps into your mind. Let me see. Since the bird, so that's... Is that, so so that's since like 1980. So let's just say since, since 1990, 1990, is that what we're going to say? No, no, 1980. Since 1980, so, so, so how got, many different franchises so have won a title? The, okay, so you count them. So we got Celtics, Lakers, Philly, 1-1 one, one in there, Pistons, Bulls. Bulls won six, right? Mm-hmm. Then we have... The Knicks, no, not the Knicks. I'm sorry. The, the Rockets won a couple, so that's eight. I think the Lakers six. were in there. Well, that's and the six, Spurs no, were no, in there. No, that's six teams. The Spurs is seven. Different yeah. franchises. Yeah, Spurs. Then you got Miami. You got Lakers. You got the Warriors. Uh, you got Toronto. 
So, all right, what ten? You eleven? Got, you got you got Dallas is eleven, Dallas. and there's it, the answer is twelve. Okay. Okay. So only twelve, and Cleveland is is the twelfth. Thank you, right. Johnny L. So twelve teams. That's it. Twelve teams have have won uh, a title. Uh, twelve franchises, excuse me, have won a title on that window, and it just reinforces your point. Um, of how difficult this is. And Houston happens to be one of those cities. So uh, one of those franchises, excuse me. So we, we will see yeah. what this rebuild yeah, looks I, like. I, I, yeah, I, I just, I mean, that's a great point here. And it's so hard, Eric. And that's why I, I always want to be respectful. And but yep. when you have great players, you know, the, thing, the, 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 the key thing to winning a championship, Eric, is you got to catch everybody in the right space and right time of their career. You got to catch everybody. Everybody's got to be like at their best at this, at the exact moment in time. Right. You know, like, look, this is what's so unique about LeBron James right now. This version of LeBron James is not that prime LeBron James, but Anthony Davis is right in the, right in the mix of his prime. Right there. So it takes the combination of everybody being at the right place in the right time and the right of their career. Like, honestly, like Celtic fans, true Celtic fans. I'm not talking about the guys who, the true Celtic fans. The reason I'm excited about the Celtics is because in a year or two, Jason Tatum and both Jalen Brown will be in their prime. Because they will have enough... Just starting yes. it. They're just, but they will be in the, where they are really like, they're like in it. You know what I mean? Like Jordan, it took him like seven to eight years before he was just like, he was stuck in his prime. But he just, he was at the apex of his physical ability. He had, he had, he had seen all of the double teams. He had a command of the league. He knew, he knew what he knew at that moment in time. You're just about there with these two players now. They have enough experience. They've been through some things that now they kind of know like what they can and can't do. You know, they've they've they have they have had the test drive of the Ferrari now. They know what it's capable of doing in the corners <laughs> now. They know what needs to be done. And they are mastering their craft as we speak. In a yep. year or two, you Celtic fans will actually have a team that will play from start to finish. Yeah, and I actually... And that's what you have to have to always recall and remember is that it's so hard to win. Eric, it is hard. That's why I can never discount Tim Duncan. It's because Tim Duncan has done something I... Frankly, I've never seen before. Tim Duncan won in his prime. And he was the best player on the team. Then he moved over and was the second best on the team, and he won. Then he moved over. He was the third best player on the team. He won. Then he went to the fourth best player, won. And before I knew it, he was the fifth best player on the team, a role player, and he still won. Yeah, what he what he did, and and you know, now, from ninety from ninety nine, his first title, in his second full season to 2014 to his last title. He literally won titles in three different versions of the league 
of a, and and in those roles that you just described. So I mean, yeah, that's unbelievable. Sure. That's why yeah. when you look at those eleven championships that Bill Russell, I mean, I don't know if he was ever the go-to guy on the offensive end. I mean, I just watched tape. I've never, I didn't see him play a lot. Sure. But what's amazing to me is that how he won them and how the teams were constructed. Yep. That a player could have this type of impact on winning, to me, is one of the most incredible things I've seen. Because now, after playing in the NBA and saying, okay, this guy is going to win 11 championships in 13 years, and he's not going to be the go-to player. You're like, okay, what does that look like? <laughs> yeah. Like, what does that yeah. look What does that look like? Eric, think about that. What does that look like? If it someone goes- gave you that challenge today, yeah. You're going to win 11 championships in 13 years and he's not going to be the go-to player. What does that look like on yeah, the I offensive mean, end? It, it, yeah, I mean, A, it shows you the value of everything else he does starting at the defensive end and B, it shows you uh, the types of teammates and the type of philosophy that that group had and that group shifted it, that group shifted over the years, you know. That, gr- that group a, shifted, but there was yeah. one main cog in that constant. wheel. Oh, yeah. He was the constant, for sure. Okay, he was the constant. So, again. He always figured out how to affect how to winning. That, 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 that is. So, when you. And, and Magic and, did that. Magic Magic's role in 80 was much different than Magic's role in 87 or 88. For sure. For sure. That is the thing to me that is most incredible is when people win and they win in different ways. When you look at Jordan's six championships, Jordan was a totally different player in 98 than he was in 91. Mm-hmm. But he still was the best player on the team. Mm-hmm. Okay? You can argue that the five championships that the late Kobe Bryant got he was the second best player on the team in the first two or three of those. Yep. He was very he was very different from three Pete to the back to back. And actually one of the things he shared with us on our show, and we just filmed with Shaq in Atlanta, and we, we shared we, we asked Shaq about this. Kobe talked about the fact that Shaq was the one that kept everybody together and through his personality and 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 kept it kept it loose at times and Kobe once the whole Shaq feud was over and Kobe evolved as a leader of the team he knew he had to do that in his own way with that other group so not only is it on the floor but it's what is your leadership style as you go through your career really interesting really really interesting yes I digress. I cut you off. My bad. No, you're good. You're good. I think um, we're, I think we're, so let's let's so let's let's go. We got two more moves here to cover, and obviously we're not. We're the next guy that we're going to talk about. Uh, he affects winning, not to the level of a Bill Russell or a Shaquille O'Neal or a Kobe Bryant or a Magic Johnson, but he affects winning, and that is Rajon Rondo going back to Los Angeles to the Clippers to. Uh, assume floor general duties. Lou Williams returns to uh, where I believe he's from in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, or he's from Georgia, I should say. And um, two second round picks also going to the Hawks and Cash. Um, 
what does Rondo do for these Clippers? Because we've talked about it. They've well, been absent that lead guard. So playoff Rondo, now a Clipper. The, the former Celtic Rajon Rondo. Man, you're flashing me back to Sunday afternoons, Ray national Rondo TV. Has, when you say grit, when you say toughness, mm-hmm. when you say all of the things, you know, the, the one thing that analytics can't measure, Eric, is hard. Rajon Rondo can play for me any day of the week and twice on Sundays. What does he bring to this Clipper franchise? He brings a championship caliber pedigree. That that young kid had confidence in himself before we knew what confidence was or he had when he I remember he took over the the the, the reins there in 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 Boston. He's he had undeniable he believes in himself and that exudes confidence in everyone else around him. What is he going to bring? Eric, the the LA Clippers has have desperately needed a player who can organize the game. Okay, the game in the playoffs will get organized. It's going to slow down, and it's going to get organized, or it needs to be organized. Rajon Rondo can do that with the best of them. He's done that from day one. He's done that ever since I've ever watched him play. He he can he is a human organizer. Okay, so. I think mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George games, they should be much better than what they are because now he can relieve them of ball handling duties. His toughness, and we both know that Rajon Rondo has no problem speaking his mind, which the Clippers, in my opinion, they need. They need yep. a leader. Okay, Kawhi Leonard is a marvelous basketball player. He's arguably one of the, let's say, top five players in the NBA. But he's he's quiet. Paul George is a top, let's just say, 15 player. Let's just be very conservative. Rajon Rondo, he's probably not a top 15 or top 20 player. And, and I think everyone would agree with that. But his leadership is right there with yep. the best of them. His knowledge yep. of the game is right there with the best of them. I think the coaching staff now will be better. Those players on the floor will be better. And if you're going to win a championship, everyone understands this. I don't care if you're in high school, grade school, middle school, pro, college, G League. We need truth tellers in our life. Rajon Rondo Rondo is a truth teller. We need truth tellers in our life. That is spot on. Rondo is a truth teller to the highest degree. He has leadership. And now this team is a serious contending team because they can win on the road now. Mm. They can win on the road now because Rondo is is Rondo has persistence. He he will be persistent in every way. So great pickup so, by the, by the Clippers. So if you're the Clippers now, you have three different players at that position who all are very different in their own way. Rajon Rondo, Pat Beverly, and Reggie Jackson. So where do Jackson and Beverly 
Like, like well, to me, it doesn't matter if Rondo starts or Rondo's your guy coming off is, the bench. He's going to play meaningful minutes. But wh- wh- how does this work? Here's, a, here's what's interesting about the NBA now. It's very hard to play four against five. It's hard to play four against five. Okay? The last team, in my opinion, right off the top that I can think of, that won four against five were the Detroit Pistons with Ben Wallace. Where you really... Really, right. really well, four against it. five on the offensive end, the but offensive a end. monster on the defensive end. Yes. Okay. When I say four against five, playing where the other guy basically, you know, you didn't have to worry about him in some scoring capacity. And the reason I'm saying that is because Patrick Beverly right now, I'm not sure where he's at as a lead guard in today's game. Defensively, off the charts. But you got to play that position now with the ability to play screen roll, play downhill, and be able to score. You got you, you to got, you do it. The other uh, – um, what's the other kid's name? Um, Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson. I think he Reggie Jackson will be – I think Reggie Jackson will be the backup. I think, you know, I, I think he will be a backup, right? I don't know what they're going to do with Luke Kennard or what have you, but I think they have – you know, him there just in case, okay? So I think it would be Rajon Rondo will get the majority of those minutes. Depending on the game, Patrick Beverly will defend in that in that backup role or what have you. And then Reggie Jackson, depending on the game, will be there if, if you know, Patrick Beverly, for whatever reason, he had some health issues and he's been hurt a lot lately. Um so I think that's how it would kind of play itself out. Um, but we'll see. So, but I, I think Rajon Rondo, they're going to have to build up his stamina to where he can play 30 to 35 minutes. Okay, which was a different role for him than he had a year ago. You think he's going to play that many? You think he's going to play that many that minutes? Many because I, I, don't th- yeah. I, don't, I don't think they don't have enough. I've been saying this for two years or ever since Kawhi Leonard got there. Kawhi Leonard, we know Kawhi Leonard can score at the, with the very best of the, uh, of players in this league. If he has guards, Van Fleet and Kyle Lowry to get him the ball in a scoring position. I don't, I didn't see that when he got to the Clippers. That was the one thing that was missing. So yeah, no, they had to do, they had to do all the playmaking. Yeah, I don't see another player on their roster that can do what Rajon Rondo can do. No, I don't I see it. So agreed. I I, I think, I, I think Rajon Rondo will have to get himself in a place where he has to play thirty to thirty-five minutes at this age. I don't know where his body is at, but certainly if he could play thirty thirty-five minutes, it increases your chances to winning a championship because. That was the whole idea when those guys came on here. Yeah, I mean, I think Pat Bev is going to have to be a situational stopper and, and, and pest out there for the opposing team. Safe to say we won't see Pat Bev and Rondo on the floor at the same time unless absolutely necessary. I would pay um, to see that, though. I would love to see that. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know, I, Eric, you should be a uh, – if they put those two on the court with Kawhi Leonard and Serge Ibaka, 
Okay. And Paul George. And Paul and you, George. You know you, well, you know no, you're going to get stopped. That's what's Paul George. Because you like gritty. You want toughness and all that. Yeah. You and I should be Clipper fans if they just put Rajon Rondo <laughs> and, and, and Patrick Beverly Pat on Pat. the floor. Because there's going to be a skirmish somewhere on the floor. Oh, yeah. But I would, I would love, like... I would love to obvi- see... Okay, this, obvi- this, this is what I would love to see. This is what I would love okay. to see. Okay. I want to see the Clippers versus the Celtics and Marcus Smart on the floor with those three guys. And oh, just, yeah. And, and, I, and I, oh, want, yeah. I want a loose ball. I just want to... And I, I want to see who's going to get it. <laughs> yeah. They'd be like, why are those two guys over there applauding a loose ball? Because you know yeah. what? You and I appreciate... With those, with those. Oh yeah, but I'm just thinking back. Like, if you had like the the teenage versions of these guys, right? Like in the NBA, no one's picking up full court and no one's jump trapping and doing oh. that stuff. But can you imagine Rondo and Pat Bev just jump trapping people all over the place Rondo, with Kawhi Pat and Serge Bev behind and them? Smart. And I just want oh. a loose. I just want a game full of loose balls. Just yeah, just just a street fight. Just a street fight. <laughs> Used, used to in in, uh, in New York used to call it a, a, a I used to say uh, you know what I want today to be I want today to be a Third Avenue street fight just that's, just get after it just, just get, get after it and that's what so Patrick Beverly I expect Patrick Beverly and Rondo to play together not wow. but because even though they are smaller guards their heart. Oh yeah, and you you know, and I remember when Patrick Beverly and those guys won a couple games off of the Warriors that year mm-hmm. because of Patrick Beverly was just getting after people. He was fighting new, everybody. Yeah, new new level of crazy. Yeah, I yeah. So I, I, I want to see that. I think it would be good, and uh, it would it would be great. I I really I would pay to see that. I mean, that's just loose balls. Loose I, balls. I just, just, just throw loose balls. I'm having flashbacks to uh, you're on the baseline. Me and you are on the baseline. I'm on one lane line. You're on the other. Coach is in the middle, and he rolls it down the middle. And there's one rule. You both have to get on the floor for that ball. Whoever gets it, you're getting up. You're playing one-on-one from there. If one of you doesn't get on that ball, you're on that line, and you are running, you are running a double suicide right then and there on the spot. That's that's the type of thing I think about with Pat Bev and and, and Rondo out there. Um, so last deal, I think this is a major trade, and I've been th- there's just something about the Portland Trailblazers that I've loved since like I'm 11 years old. Like I had the Clyde Drexler, old school. Remember the the sand knit throwbacks that were a oh, little yeah. rough. I had that Drexler before they redid the logo with the black and, and, and white and red stripes. And there was always something about Portland I loved. And then obviously the 2000 team with Sheed and Steve Smith, Sabonis and Stoudemire and Bonzi that came so close to going to the finals. But there was always something about the Blazers. And then you enter Dame Lillard into our lives and CJ McCollum into our lives and how much fun they were in the bubble last year, what they've done this year with... Um, plugging the holes while these guys are out. And, you know, Gary Trent Jr. is a big part of their team, but him and Rodney Hood are traded to the Toronto Raptors for Norman Powell, who has emerged as a very, very impressive wing scorer. What does this do for Portland right now, knowing that 
CJ's back. Nurkic is coming back on Friday. And um, and Johnny L. just shared a fun fact. In 1998, Gary Trent Sr. was traded from the Blazers to the Raptors 41 games into his third season. In 2021, Gary Trent Jr. was traded from the Blazers to the Raptors 41 games into his third season. You can't, you can't, you can't write this stuff. Thanks, Johnny. What does Norman Powell do right now for the Blazers? And you talk about the Denver Nuggets going for it right now. Uh, Can the same be said for the Blazers? You know, again, we focus in so much on the offensive output of these players, right? You you know, you start Mm -hmm. looking at, you know, Powell's three point percentage and, and what he points he's averaging and so forth and so on. But when you make a trade, you know, I, I've, I've been a part of trades I, as, as a player. I've been a part of trades as an executive. When you get traded, the thing that you have to bring into that trade is what is it you do and what is it you do well that's going to integrate you into that team, right? So... The, the, my initial reaction to the trade was this gives them death now if CJ gets hurt. This gives them death. Well, it gives it, them a it, player it, here. It, yeah, it improves their depth, right? Because yeah. Trent and Hood were showing they could do the job with CJ out, but it, you know, it improves their depth. Sorry. So, you know, I don't know if a three-guard rotation – with those guys, those three guys starting, I don't know what that looks like when you have to play against Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and company. I don't know what that looks like with LeBron James and company. I don't know what that looks like when you start playing. You know, if if if, if the, the Denver Nuggets decide to go big with with uh, Aaron Gordon now at the three, I don't know what that looks like. Well, it's, you know, I, I think there's something to be said for Portland's got some options now. I mean, they can they can go CJ, Dame, Derek Jones as their wing stopper, Covington and Nurkic in the starting lineup with Powell, Cantor, and Carmelo as your first three guys off the bench. That's That's right. mighty interesting. I like that. Okay. But again, and then CJ, and then CJ the becomes bench, and sorry, and then CJ becomes your backup one. Yeah, but when you're coming off the bench, you're clearly playing a role. So, his what he was doing in Toronto was Toronto, but now you're coming into a role, and you're coming into a team where you know sometimes if you shoot the ball well, like they say, shooting covers a multitude of sins. If you're shooting the ball well, that's one thing. I'm not I'm not counting on him to shoot the ball well. What is he going to bring to the team? I think it gives them depth. I think it gives them an opportunity to say that we feel that this guy is a bona fide starter and defensive player as a two. I think that's what it says, which is totally opposite of what C.J. McCullough, even though C.J. McCullough is an incredible offensive player, he's going to struggle in the playoffs playing against those bigger players, those bigger twos in the playoffs. And when I say struggle, they're going to take him in the post, you know, whether they put Kawhi Leonard there or Paul George there or whomever, whoever they can put there. They got to, you know, Donovan Mitchell 
they're going to have to play against those players. I think Norman Powell can probably do that. I think mm. that's probably what they got him for is the defensive side of the basketball because we know CJ and Dame can score with the best of them. So I'm just – when I look at it, I go, okay, I like it. But I'm not, I'm not like saying this is one that's going to move, move me. And I want to say this. I'm huge on rim protection. I'm huge on blocking shots because there's no more post defense. You know, guys aren't playing post defense anymore, right? It's not like I got to battle anymore because I'm throwing the ball down low and, and yeah. guys contesting shots. So, again, that. these Nurkic and, and, and Enos Cantor and those type of guys, if I'm playing against those guys, I'm attacking the basket because their best sh- shot blocker is the Jones kid. Derek yep. Jones, and he's what yep. three. Yep. So again, I'm concerned about the other side of the basketball because you got to stop somebody. They don't have a shot blocker, and their best defensive player is going to be coming off the bench. I'm really concerned. Now, the way that they score the ball <laughs> has kept them in the game, and Dame has been playing out of his mind. Yep. But if there's not the ball isn't going in, now what? Because there's no other way to generate points. So if they're not stealing the ball, creating turnovers, if they're not blocking shots and playing defense, then I yep. have a concern. And that's my concern with this group. I'm not worried about them on the offensive end at all. Of course. How are they going to create possessions for themselves? so that they can get out in the open court because they have great offensive players. Carmelo can get you 30 any given night. Carmelo can get you 30 points in 25 minutes. You got Dane. Dane can get you 60 points. You got CJ. That guy can get you 45 or 50. They have all of the offensive weapons you can need. Defensively, I'm concerned about this group. Time will tell. Time will tell. Um few things before we close. Top buyout candidates here on our trade deadline. I, I say today, BJ, we went so far that to say this was a trade deadline spectacular. I, I really uh, I really love the flow today, reacting to all these deals. Um, Andre Drummond, LaMarcus Aldridge, Hassan Whiteside, Wayne Ellington, and Otto Porter may be bought out uh, in Orlando. Uh, I don't see him being a fit there, especially with that contract and where they're going to go. So of those names, Aldridge, of course, rumored to be headed to Miami, but a return to Portland could happen. Uh, Drummond could be a candidate, obviously, for uh, a, uh, a list of, of numerous teams, which include, of course, uh, the Lakers, could be the Celtics with their thin front line. Um, of those names, which one do you think has the chance to make the most impact for a team looking to make a postseason run? I think the, the player that's, that will make the easiest transition will be Drummond because Drummond rebounds the basketball. Drummond will get – he can get you double-digit double rebounds in his sleep. I mean, he, he's a rebounding machine. So I think he will probably – have the biggest impact because he'll have the easiest transition, right? I mean, if if he got you 15 rebounds and then he got you 15 points, 
you're like, wow. If he got you 15 rebounds and six points, you're like, that's what Andre Dummond does. But the other guys, I think they have to score. So LaMarcus Aldridge, he's been out for a long He's been out for quite a while. He's been sitting. He's been sitting for a so, couple of weeks. you know, and he's no spring chicken, right? <laughs> you know? <laughs> nope. He, he's nope. not like he's going to just come out of here and start running and being active. So I, I, I think he can help, but he's going to have to take some time to get back in shape and get back into the rhythm, rhythm of things. And, you know, Otto Porter is, you know, he's, you know, he's not running around, you know, in his youth like he did at Georgetown. So um, I, I, I think – the biggest will be Andre Drummond because he will rebound the basketball right out of the gate. And if it's a good fit for him, he will score and get double digits. And, you know, he'll block some shots. So I think his impact will be most consistent from this point moving forward. Is there one place you think uh, is the best fit for him or is there a team that needs him most I'm going to just go out on others? the limb here. I'm going to say the Celtics. Hmm. I'm just going to say the Celtics. I'm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the Celtics. I'm gonna say the Celtics. Danny rolls it and gets it done. Well, and the reason I say that is because, you know, the, you know, I, we we started out and early. I just said, you know, I walked into the room and the furniture just looked out of place. <laughs> why is Tice? Why did they let him go? Like for what reason? Like the guy was taking the last shot of a game for them to win a game against the. Boston Celtics, and then suddenly now you're like, ah, oh, we got to get rid of this guy for cap reasons. That doesn't even make sense to me. So if there's one place that does make sense to me in the way that I think, because I've been in the NBA and I'm, I'm a little messed up, and I will admit it, I think he ends up with the Celtics. I think that's where he ends up, and then we'll see. I think he will rebound there. I think he will play as many minutes as he can play. I think he will provide to them something that they, that they don't have. And he's an athlete. And potentially, I think long-term, that's probably a good fit for him. I could see them re-signing him back. To me, that makes sense financially. Uh, it makes a, sense a, to a me big in my NBA body. way of thinking. Now, yeah. I'm probably off. And then we're going to ask Johnny to, to erase this <laughs> from, the, from the archives. But in my way of thinking... I see this guy being a Celtic. That's what I see. All right. Well, time will tell. Time will tell. Great job today, my friend. Uh, one more deal that came in was J.J. Redick is headed to Dallas. So, oh, uh, J.J. and Luca. Oh, I, I can't wait till that podcast happens. I'm just, some shooting. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Old man in the three with J.J. and, and Tommy Alter, friend, uh, friend of the program. So, uh Man, Redick on the floor with them. Offensively, it helps, but we always talk about with Dallas what they're going to do defensively with uh, Porzingis and Luka. So we will see. Great job today, my man. Appreciate uh, you. And now I am uh, officially a West Coaster. The, hey, the move welcome, is complete. Welcome. Let the hair grow. We like it. Let the hair I grow. Am gonna, I'm going to really get this up there for the playoffs. Uh, let it grow. Really let it, let it, it grow, there. man. Let, 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 let it out a little bit. You know what? You Celtics fans need to relax a little bit. Enjoy, man. You, <laughs> yeah. Enjoy West these Coast young chill. kids. The West Coast chill. Well, hopefully you and I will be uh, seeing each other soon as the world hopefully continues to improve. And uh, next week, we'll likely be talking buyouts, and we'll see if Drummond's in green and where Aldridge lands and the rest of them. So special thanks, as always, to my teammate, 
my running mate, my partner, BJ Armstrong, Johnny L, producing the heck out of the show today. Great job, buddy. Um, Mike Lieber, Bruce Bernstein, the rest of the Pure Hoops team, editor Kristen Woolley. Be sure to check out the Mike Wise Show each and every Monday. Full court with Fisher and Kay talking NCAA basketball as we're in the heart of the tournament. Tuesdays, Catch and Shoot 2.0, Otto Strong, Aaron Berlin on Wednesdays. Buckets, boards, and blocks with rising superstars Monica McNutt and King McClure on Thursdays. Pure Hoops Podcast with BJ Armstrong and yours truly, Eric Newman, each and every Friday. Have a great weekend. Hope you enjoyed our Deadline Spectacular. Fire any questions at us on social, at Pure Hoops Media. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay pure. The Pure Hoops Podcast is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.